Uh, I'm like, hey, if you put away your phone for like 24 hours, I bet like your whole like nervous system will like be more grounded. Like you will actually feel better if you take a detox because you are consuming all this information that is your subconscious is picking up. It's running 95% of us is running on autopilot from our subconscious mind. So we are consuming unconsciously all this information that is actually creating all these insecurities and fears and limiting beliefs too and these stories about ourselves that we're not worth it or, or we're doing something wrong or we should be doing this or we're supposed to be doing this or we whatever and it's like you know if we could just take a break i think that it's so healthy for our mental health southwest florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live for those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to florida or even just moving to a different part of the state i want you to think of a big beautiful luxury home contact legacy luxury builders they are a family-owned and operated luxury residential construction company as a family-owned business they believe in the power of building not just homes but legacies contact legacy luxury builders the nightmare of feeling like you'll never measure up of constant second guessing and self-doubt it eats away at you and destroys your confidence i've been there too feeling like i didn't belong on the field with my teammates but it doesn't have to stay that way I used to compare myself to everyone around me. I thought that no matter how hard I worked, I'd never be as good as the other guys. It killed my self-belief. I now help athletes develop an elite mindset so comparison no longer controls them. We teach techniques to cut out the negative self-talk and unlock for full potential. Imagine stepping into the box when it counts the most and feeling totally confident in your ability feeling invincible instead of insecure, ready to seize the opportunity instead of shrinking from it. That's the mindset I help athletes develop. Don't waste another minute on comparison and self-doubt. Take control of your mindset and become the confident, unstoppable competitor you were meant to be. DM or comment below to get started with Edge and transform your mental game. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast of Determined Society. I have with me an entrepreneur, a social influencer, a podcast host, a speaker, and reality TV star best known for her role as a castmate on the breakaway hit Netflix show, Love is Blind Season 1. She has over 400,000 followers on social media, and she uses her platform and her voice to inspire others to chase life and make the most of where they are in their journey. Kelly Chase, welcome Hi, to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm jacked to have you on. I'm, I'm grateful for our friend, uh, Kiara, a mutual friend, Kiara, introducing us and, and getting us where we're at right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Me too. I love connections. <laughs> All about it. Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy how everybody's just so connected. Like that one degree of separation, it really right? It's you, you, you just never know who you're in front of. Oh, I and, know who's in your realm and, and who you can network so with. So true. it just makes it so much I, fun. I agree. Totally. <laughs> so how was your, how's your day been? I know it's been a long day and you know, we're both winding down. So talk yeah, to us. Yeah. It's, it's been a long day. Um, we have, so I work full time also on top of all the things you just mentioned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, that. Oh dude. my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I really enjoy what I do. I actually work. I'm a sales rep, marketing, account manager, that type of thing um, for an orthopedic company. But I work with more like attorneys um, and chiropractors mm. that work in the personal injury, motor vehicle accident, workers comp space. Um, so I was out driving around um, meeting with all of our respective referral sources today. And just not all of them, obviously, but about 
normally I do about six a day and today I did like 12 or 13 necessarily meet all 12 or 13 but I had to make the stops get out of the car walk you know do the thing and knock on doors and they're locked they're locked you know and then that was I feel, I feel you on that one. As you know, I'm also in medical yeah. and I have other things that going on as all the other things that I'm doing as well. So I can relate to the, the grind, the exhaustion, but also the purpose that, that sits behind it, right. To help others. And, and I just love your brand chase life yeah. with Kelly. That is really awesome. Can you talk to the audience a little bit about how that originated and just how it just really catapulted maybe even after uh, love is yeah, blind. absolutely. So I actually went through um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in 2012, graduated in 2013, and that program set me up to become a holistic, like a certified holistic health coach. Um, in that program, the last five or so months of the program, you're in addition to learning still the, you know, health components of everything and just, you know, educating yourself on nutrition and whatnot, they also start you um, – they get you prepared to, to like launch your own coaching business. So essentially mm-hmm. they're like, you have to come up with a name for yourself. And I could have been like Kelly coaching with Kelly or something, but I wanted something a little jazzier. So, um, uh, ex-boyfriend actually came up with my, uh, name, Chase life. Uh, yeah. That's cool. So I'm like, I attribute that to him. Um, but yeah, I just stuck and I created, you know, an Instagram presence. I was posting things on Instagram and Facebook, um, pretty consistently. Um, since 2013 for the most part. Um, and I did, once I went on Love is Blind, um, got done filming that and everything. And I just really leaned heavily into personal development. I had started probably the year before we filmed Love is Blind with the Mm -hmm. personal development stuff, but really like actually worked with like a one-on-one mindset coach uh, post filming. So that is when everything started to really go deeper with me on that journey. And now I just feel like I can add so much more value to whether it's clients or friends or family that I'm talking, anybody that I'm talking to, cause I just have a different awareness of life more so. And like really, I mean, what the mindset coaches have done for me is just really helped me have awareness and in, into my limiting beliefs and the things that were keeping me stuck, those blind spots and helping me see, that I can actually like, okay, there's a, the awareness of the block. Let's, how do we move through it so that we can expand and evolve into that next level version of self that I think most of us are craving to become, but we don't know how because we've got all the limiting beliefs keeping us back. So it's been really neat um, to just, yeah, just continue. I mean, I still study the, the work. I do mindset work every single day still, and I love it. Um, and again, I just feel like the way that I show up in this world is different because of the tools and the concepts and the ideas that I have studied now and been taught, I guess, over the last four or five years um, since we got done filming that show. So it's been really cool. Has it been that yeah, long? Yeah, we filmed in 2018. So yeah, five years. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I guess so because we're, you know, coming up on season six yeah. here, right? So yeah. good lord. Yeah. Time flies. <laughs> it really Time flies. does. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm I just sure. want everybody to have that like idea of they can really like become a better version of themselves and mm-hmm. like create a life that they really crave. Um, right. So that's kind of right. my two little taglines with Chase Life. So 
Dude, I love it, man. I love it. I mean, that's what this show's about, right? It's about personal growth. It's about getting through those adverse moments and becoming a better person on the other side. And, you know, I'm a mental performance coach, so I take mindset very seriously. And everybody has blind spots, right? Let's talk about that really quick. We have blind spots in limiting beliefs. And a lot of times, though, most, I would say 99.9% of the time, those blind spots are reserved for people within your life that can actually see them, right? But in your case, you were on camera, right? So how was that like for you watching all that? Because I mean, in this household, you were loved straight up. You were loved. I know you caught a lot of flack after the show, but I mean, you grew so much, but how was it seeing those quote unquote blind spots and limiting beliefs show up for the whole world to see? Yeah. Um, I honestly, it was very challenging for me because I, and I would speak on this too, although, you know, Netflix didn't love this when I was like speaking my truth. Um, (laughs) But, you know, they, obviously they create a narrative and a lot of what the show did, you know, display for us was very true to me and everything. They just spun it out there at Mm -hmm. the end, but, you know, they had filmed it in 2018 and the show aired in February of 2020. So what, 16 months later about, um, Mm -hmm. that they aired the show. And I had done, like I said, I hired that mindset coach like four weeks, I think after we got done filming and I had worked with her for four months. I worked with other mindset coaches. I was constantly dive diving into like master classes after master classes, reading my own personal development books, journaling, trying to like really work through my own stuff. And so I was, when I was watching the show back, I'm like, oh my God, like, who is she? Like, there's Mm -hmm. like, wow. (laughs) You know, like I felt like I, because I had been doing some personal development work for a year, you know, leading up to the filming of the show, I felt kind of confident then. And that I like had like all this emotional intelligence and everything. And, but it's like now I have so much more awareness and even in 2020, it was so much more awareness than I did in 2018. So it's like mm-hmm. me watching myself, it was really um, humbling and interesting. And then obviously because of the narrative that they were painting about me, it was, I almost felt like I was going through like an identity, like crisis in a sense, because, mm-hmm. you know, when you start going through personal development and undoing all these beliefs about yourself, you're actually kind of learning who you actually are underneath all the like veils of everyone else's opinions and thoughts and stories and beliefs. Right. So it's like, I was learning my, who I was while the world through watching me on television was telling me who I was. And Mm. so, you know, when I'm getting DMs or comments and I'm like, no, you don't, that's not the truth. (laughs) (laughs) That's not who I am. Like, oh my gosh. And these people are just attacking you. And you're like, but if they knew the real me, you know, they're just, they Mm -hmm. see a character online and I'm like, oh my God, you know, maybe that's why I, I was never a big reality TV person to begin with. Um, Mm -hmm. I just said yes to an opportunity, but I never really like, I don't even think I've watched an entire season of any reality TV show ever, you know, besides line now, but you know, it's just, it's wild how it really like, although yeah, I do all this mindset and personal development, self-love work, like how one comment can just spiral you into a deep, dark hole. And you're like, Oh my God, the world hates me. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it that's hard though, Kelly, because you're sitting there in 2020, like like you said, 16 to 18 months after you were done filming, this show comes mm-hmm. out, right? You've already there's already like multiple versions of Kelly that have evolved since then because of all the work that you're doing. So to go back and watch it is mortifying enough, right? Because I always believe though, if, if we're not embarrassed or a little bit queasy by the version of us a year ago, we're not growing, right? I can look back at some of the first videos I've ever did on social media or even the first shows that I recorded for my podcast. I'm like, ew, like who is that guy? I don't like him. I don't like him. It's not who I am, you know, but when you're when you're going through that, like describe to the audience that feeling because a lot of people do feel judged on a smaller yeah. level, right? How did you cope with that? Because again, you you're looking at the the world is looking at and judging a woman mm-hmm. who was that in 2018. It is now 2020, right? right? Well, now 2023, but then 2020, it's not even the same version of you. So, how did you work through that, and how did you? make sense and, and find the way to, to love yourself because that's a lot of heat. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, honestly, it was ongoing. I mean, I was still experiencing the effects of it up until this year. I mean, I really was like, there were times like I can recognize, like there were certain times maybe I was posting something online that not to say it was inauthentic. I mean, I made it mine. I customized it to make it Mm -hmm. mine, but maybe it was an Instagram reel or a post that was inspired by something else that I was watching. And, but the, and a lot of people do this and they can, and they're in their authenticity and they're in their truth about it. However, I believe the way that I was doing it was because I was getting influenced by, Oh, that person got a lot of engagement on that post. I should do something mm-hmm. like it. And of course, yeah, it would get a lot of engagement, of course, because it was like a yeah. trending thing or whatever. And I'm like, okay. But right, it yeah. felt, you know, weird to me in a sense. Although mm-hmm. it like boosted my ego, but fed my ego for a minute. And then I'm like, okay, now what? <laughs> you know? It wasn't- that, that's the thing. I think we've all done something like that similarly. Yeah. Like when we start our personal brands on social media, I can remember acting in certain ways and in speech patterns that can be me, but not necessarily be what I put out there to the right. public. And I did it and I didn't like yeah. it. And I, and you know, it wasn't that I was being you know, disingenuous because anybody who, who has known me forever. And you can even ask, you know, Kiara, like I'm very authentic. I'm what you see is what you get, but we're just trying to figure this thing out, man. And I mean, I've caught heat on, in your comment Mm -hmm. section. I'm like these, I'm like, I'm not even respond. This is clearly a bot. Like this is just somebody trolling her and Mm -hmm. you know, but like how, how was, I mean, cause you're a normal person. Right. And people forget that. Right. And then the mental health aspect of being out there for everybody to yeah. see, and then your DMs be open for business. How, how did that, I mean, truly, how did that impact you early on? Because I would imagine that once that show went live, your social media is all your, Oh, they did. Up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had a, it's like overnight stardom, it right? Was, it's like, yeah, it, I, you know? I mean, if I could do it again, I would have hired people to help with social media yeah. as well as like having like a pub, like an actual PR publicist. I had brand managers that mm-hmm. I was working with, but and and they were fine. But having an actual like publicist to be like, do this, don't do this, 
hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. They created this narrative. Let's work with that narrative and like blow you up even more. Like mm-hmm. you like, take that yeah. narrative and make it your own and claim it. And, you know, but while also helping people to understand the real you and like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just wish that I yeah. had, you know, had the financial support to be able to do something like that. I mean, I didn't, yeah. I mean, the yes, we got paid for the show, but like I was in debt and I was struggling paycheck to paycheck at the time when the show aired. I'm like, I don't have extra money to just throw at a PR agent and like hire this whole team of people to like help me out with this stuff. So um, yeah, it affected me significantly in a lot of ways. Um, but you know, I actually, because I was working, I was working full time. Um, and I wound up resigning from the company that I was working with a year after the show aired. Um, cause I was so burnt out. And again, I was not in a good space financially to leave at the time. And granted, mm-hmm. all the brand deals that were coming through, great. Paid off my debt. I was like, great, we're debt free, mm-hmm. finally. Um, yeah. But it then it still wasn't enough. Anyways, I had two panic attacks, panic, anxiety attacks, whatever you want to call them. Um, I had never experienced it before. I just knew that that's what it had to be. Um, in Valentine's weekend of 2021. So a full year after the show aired, literally through the day mm. that the show aired, the first episodes I experienced. I woke up at like 6 a.m., Saturday and Sunday, Valentine weekend. And I was like heart racing. I was like, what is happening? Couldn't like calm my thoughts. Um, And it was really frightening for me. And um, I took a whole week off of work. And I told my parents, I was like, I mean, my parents kept saying, why don't you like let go of like your business stuff for a while? Like let go of the coaching stuff. And just like, Mm -hmm. you know, if a brand, if like an influencer thing comes in, then take it. But like, just focus on your nine to five right now. The thing that is giving you the consistent income, although it's pennies, it is paying your bills, you know? And Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't, I literally cannot go somewhere for 40 hours straight a week right now. Like I have been doing it Mm -hmm. plus everything else for the last year. I just had these like panic attacks, nervous breakdowns. I don't know what they were. I was like, I can't. And I went back to week or work for like a week and a half, I think. And I was like, can't do it. And I immediately just signed off my, and my parents, because I spent a week with them and I was like, I'm going to do what I feel like is in my best interest. Not what you feel is in my best interest. So mm-hmm. I quit my job and sure. I, I didn't work for two weeks. Like I didn't do coaching. I didn't do influencer stuff. I literally like, and I was barely on my Instagram. Like I would go on and maybe check a few things and then get off. And I would just like mm-hmm. watch TV, go for walks, sit in nature. It was and I cried a lot because I just held all these emotions in because I was constantly busy from when that show aired. And I just never had time to really like sit with myself. So I cried for like two weeks so, straight. <laughs> yeah, no. So like, thank you for sharing that because I, I want the audience to really dive into that, right? You're talking about this whole evolution of this panic attack or anxiety attack, right? And, you know, for those of you listening you know, while she was trying to deal with things, she was still holding a lot of things in, right? You're holding a lot of things in. Like you just said, you're going through your, to your, you know, nine to five job, you're building your brand on the side, you're taking influencer deals. Like, listen, all of us that don't have that type of, I guess, attention on us because we weren't on a reality TV show. A lot of sometimes, like, I feel like my life is a freaking (laughs) reality TV show. Um, But like, we still don't have time 
to breathe and move on from, from certain events in our lives. So I really love what you did there because, and for the audience, that didn't really catch it. You know, you went against the grain. You said pretty much to your parents, I love you, but you really don't know what I need right now. And I'm burnt out over everything. So I'm taking two weeks. I'm going to cry. I'm going to walk. I'm going to be in nature. How important was that decision? Was that the inflection point in your growth right there to, to honor yeah. Kelly and just Yeah. Be? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, How uncomfortable was it? It though? wasn't, it was you know? uncomfortable, but I also was like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like I'm totally just surrendering. Like God will show me the way kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like I, I don't know what's next. I don't even want to like promote my brand right now. Like I didn't, I didn't know what was next and it was interesting um, yeah, that was February or the beginning of March, I guess, when I had left the job, you know, we get our like tax return, all this money that I thought that I was going to have to owe the IRS didn't have to owe. And I was like, there you are, God, there you are. (laughs) You just saved me a little bit longer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. Big guy. So it was, it was really interesting. The, um, and granted, you know, I don't necessarily like, I mean, even today I was like, I do enjoy the job that I'm doing right now, but like, I always, you know, like there's something about the surrender and like letting go and just like being like stepping fully into the unknown. And today I was driving around and I was like, you know, I wonder what would happen if I just was like, I'm just kind of done again. Like I'm just done. Mm -hmm. Like, Cause you know, yeah. they always say too, it's like, okay, well let go of things not serving you to create space for new things to come in. Right. So I'm like, okay, well if something in my life is not totally serving me and again, I was just having a moment, I was fine, sure. but I'm like, okay, well, what if I just quit my job? <laughs> not that I'm going to, I really do like it. Anyone listening, if you work with me, I really do like my job. I'm not quitting. It was just like a moment. She's not quitting. It was just guys. a moment She's not just a thought that came yeah. in, but I was like, it was more of like, I don't know even why the thought came in, but I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, if that, you know, if I was able to do that then and let go, like we, we just don't practice that enough. And like, we don't Mm -hmm. have enough trust that something is going to come in and then we just fear and then everything is fear-based and then you're attracting that. Man, that's, that's impactful because like when you're talking about that, I'm like going through a lot of different things. I've gone through my whole 2023. Right. Like, again, the show's great. You know, my brand is growing. Everything's going fantastic. You know, but at times I get into the scarcity mentality. I'm like, this isn't enough. Like I'm behind. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I start playing that comparison syndrome, all the things that I tell my athletes, my clients not to do. But the reality is, is we're all human beings. I'm not telling them these things because I'm better than them or because I'm on the top of the mountain. Right. I'm telling these things. I struggle with them. And I know these landmines that I want them to step on. Right. But the reality is, is man, like I can't think of more. I mean, like I can't think of any time in the the whole 2023 where I didn't have those Mm -hmm. thoughts. I didn't, I mean, like I'm, I thought to myself, well, how much further would my brand be if I just went and got about $500,000 to a million dollars, you know, went out and got at an angel investor, built my brand, walked away from my W2 job. Would I be more happy? Would I be living my purpose every day? And the reality was, is absolutely I would, right? But then there's another layer to it, right? Three children, a wife that's going, wait a Mm -hmm. second, you know, your brand's growing. Let's, let's park this, 
do your job too. But then when the person like us, right, you, you're in this, there's times where you feel like, well, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm just trapped in doing something I just don't want to do. Like I, you know, like I want to be out there and doing what I feel my purpose is. And I think that the most important and one of the most impactful things that you said is just trusting and letting go. Right. Like I've got to let go. You have to let go. The audience has to let go of all the expectation and just pray and just understand and give God the space and time to right. work. Exactly. Yeah. Cause if we're constantly not doing that, not to say it's not, you know, prayers aren't working, manifestations aren't working. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just we just have so much fear. And the more that we it's funny because like I have conversations, you know, with my mom sometimes and I'll be like, mom, you just have to like, let go. I am. I have. I'm like, well, if you did, then you wouldn't be having this conversation with me right now. (laughs) Like you got to trust and like, you have so much faith in, you know, there's so many people out there that, you know, they're devout religious creatures and very much Christians. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they're like, so lack minded and so Mm fear-based. And I'm like, if you have that much trust in God, you will trust that he will provide, like let go and let God do his work. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's hard too. like, I can empathize with it. Right. Because there's a lot of times where I just feel like I have to force, 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 force. And those are the moments where my energy level goes down. Yeah. I don't want to do an interview and interviewing is my most favorite thing yeah. to do. Like, Right now I'm playing. This is fun. This is like, this is my energy, right? And also when I force things and hold on to them really, really tight, I start to spiral, right? My mental health gets worse. And I'm one of those individuals that has to be extremely physically active in order to be really chemically balanced. I'm just like, that's just who I am and it is what it is. However... When I get super overwhelmed, the first thing to go and suffer is the gym. Mm-hmm. The sure. second thing is my nutrition. And I'll be sitting there at night. I'm just slamming chocolate. I'm like, you're going to be, you're going to hate yourself yeah. in the morning, yeah. dude. You know? So like when you're going through these things and as you're picking up on what I'm saying, what would be some of the tips that you could give these individuals that are struggling getting up out of bed and moving their body and kind of giving back to themselves? Yeah. Um- I think the biggest thing is really recognizing what your why is. Um, That has been mine. And uh, like, because if you don't, if you don't feel like you have a purpose for doing something, then it doesn't give you that much motivation and ambition to do it. Right. I recognized um, this year, even that I was not like, I was starting to get like very uh, like seeking external validation, acceptance, love, all of that. And then I looked at, Mm -hmm. I kind of like did an audit and I'm like, oh, well, Kelly, you haven't really been working out. You haven't been like, you used to go on walks every single day and you have not been doing that at all. You haven't even really been moving your body that much. Um, You know, nutrition was like, okay, but I just, I, something that was all off. Um, So you just have to get really clear with your boundaries and know that, Again, I'm I'm a workaholic too. Like I said, I mean, I do a lot of things, but it is checking in with yourself in the morning, in the middle of the day, in the afternoon, in the evening, and giving yourself that like, hey, you know what? Like, 
the work is going to be there tomorrow still. Like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You are more important than your job. You're more important than your husband or your wife. Like, you, your significant, your children even. Like, I'm going to say it. You Mm -hmm. are your biggest priority. And if you are not, because everyone, everyone has a big problem with that. And they're like, that's so selfish to think about yourself and not tune into your, you're not, not tuning into your family. You are, but if you're not, if you're not helping yourself, how are you going to help and serve your family? Like you're not going to be able to show up as your best self if you're completely on empty. Yeah. I mean, I, unpopular opinion. I agree with you 100%. I'm sorry. Like, I, I mean, I think there's a negative connotation to the word selfish. Selfish doesn't, isn't necessarily supposed to mean like you're a piece of crap, right? You don't care about people. Being selfish and take care of you first and foremost, especially as, you know, me as a husband and a father, they're not getting the best version of me the last two Mm -hmm. months because I'm not pouring into myself physically anymore, right? I'm overwhelmed. And and like, dude, this is what I love about my show. I am 100% honest with my guests, with my audience. Like, I am just overwhelmed right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know... I feel like I'm in that spaceship where all the stars, like Star Wars, <laughs> and all the stars are coming at me. And I just can't, I, you know, I just like, literally, I just feel like I can't do much else. Mm-hmm. Right. And there has to be that reset. Yeah. But for me, like pouring into Sean is going to make me better for my children and for my wife. So those people out there that, that want to sacrifice or be that martyr for their, their significant other or your children, like you're hurting yeah. them. Like you are not helping them. You are hurting them because you are showing them that they do not need to value themselves totally. first. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what do we tell our children? Know your right. worth. You see all over social media, know your worth, girl. Hey, bro, know what you're worth. Well, if you're not pouring into yourself and you're not acknowledging it, how the hell are you going to know what yeah. your worth is? Yep, exactly. You know, like it's just, it's I don't know, true. tangent. But, but it's funny because you said something else about, you know, the motivation, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. Cause like mindset and mental performance is something that I'm all about, obviously. And everybody talks about, you need to feel motivated to do something. I don't think that's true. Right. I don't think mo- in order p- for people to do something right. and move, right. So let's the new year, they want to be fit. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that. That's the, 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 the biggest one out there is the new year. Now they're motivated to move. Right. So they get there and it just sucks. They don't like it. They quit. What people fail to realize is that motivation is the thing that comes after you've already started. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You have to create that momentum. You have to create that motivation. I'm not motivated to wake up tomorrow (laughs) and go back to the gym. Actually, I'm dreading it, but I know I have to because I'm well enough to now, right? I told you before we record, I've been battling COVID Mm -hmm. for a week, but- I'm going to get up and I'm going to go, even if it's just going to the gym and walking on the treadmill for right. 40 minutes. I'm a, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Yeah. I don't want to, but that move right mm-hmm. there and then maybe followed up with a good post-workout meal right. and then another good meal and another meal and you stack up those W's, that's where the motivation Absolutely. comes. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I that? agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you. I mean, I think your motivation comes from creating the discipline. Um, you know, something else I was mm-hmm. going to say, you know, so many people are, um, they either say they can't work out in the morning or, you know, they can't get up, you know? And I'm like, I, I mean, 10 years ago, yes, I started working out in the morning, 
And mm-hmm. I even taught spin classes at 5.45 in the morning. And now like, yeah, I'm a morning person. I like the morning time um, to do my workouts because I know if I schedule a workout in the evening, hey, what did I tell you when I got on here? I'm tired. I don't want to go yeah. to the gym. I did to go to the gym in the evenings for a long time, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I'm tired. And I feel like when I move my body in the morning, that immediately – like I'm going to eat something healthy after moving my body. Like I'm not going to eat a French toast yeah. or a donut. I mean, unless mm-hmm. I like forgot to eat and I'm running around or something, you know, <laughs> but it's still like I want, I am more disciplined and motivated to continue my health journey when I start out with a healthy practice. And it may not be, maybe yeah. it's not moving your body in the morning or going to the gym or whatever. Maybe it is just meditating and just being with yourself. But as long as you are pouring into yourself first thing in the morning, I think it does really set the tone for the rest of the day. Granted, you're going to get sidetracked. Something could, you know, come up and, you know, totally throw you off, off things. But yeah, I I think, yeah, I, I do agree with you in the sense of like the motivation comes from actually creating the discipline to make things happen. I myself, I don't, I will not go to the gym at night either. I mean, there's too many people there. There's too many people and I'm exhausted. I want to hang out with my family at night. You know what I mean? So it's like, if I don't do it in the morning, I ain't going, you know, because if I go during the day, that means I'm not working. Right. Right. And, and so that's, you know, we're in outside sales. I mean, there could be a little bit of that, but, but, but I mean, it's gotta be few and far between, right? You create those moments to where you can break away at lunchtime, which wouldn't be a bad practice, you know, to do a lunchtime workout wherever you're at, throw your scrubs back on and go out there in the field. That's fine. Like whatever works. But, you know, I just think it's super important for us to understand that. And again, this is something that, you know, I wanted to bring up. People are going to social media too often to, how can I put this? They're going to social media to make up how they feel about themselves. They're waiting for one of these big influencers to tell them that if they don't do X, Y, and Z, that they aren't, you know, they're, they're not crap. Mm. Like, I think we've gotten out of hand here, right? I think we've really lost touch. I mean, there's entrepreneurs out there saying, if you don't have six pack abs, I'm going to fire you. Like, what? Like, it's, it's almost disgusting. So the, you know, you know, it's, it's really hard. And I, and I know you deal with this when you're working with your clients because you, you get someone that's brand new to this space, right? And they want to get better, but they see everything that goes on on like Facebook or Instagram telling them what time they should wake up. Right. Like if you don't wake up at 245, <laughs> you don't want it. Right, bad enough. right. No. So how do you instruct your clients? How do you mentor your clients that are having a hard time you know, adjusting to what's real and then what's on Instagram. Mm, good question. Um, I tell them to stop consuming stuff on Instagram. <laughs> 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 In part, uh, I'm like, hey, if you put away your phone for like 24 hours, I bet like your yeah. whole like nervous system will like be more grounded. Like you will actually feel mm-hmm. better if you take a detox because you are consuming all this information that is your subconscious is picking up. It's running 95% of us is running on autopilot from our subconscious mind. So we are consuming unconsciously all this information that is actually creating all these insecurities and fears and limiting beliefs too. And these stories about ourselves that we're not worth it, or or we're doing something wrong, or we should be doing this, or we're supposed to be doing this or we, whatever. And it's like, 
you know, if we can just take a break, I think that is so healthy for our mental health. Um, but in that regard too, it's just helping them to identify, Hey, you know what? A lot of people aren't really showing every, like you're not seeing their life on mm-hmm. social media there. They are posting the highlight reels and yeah, you are going to get those ones that are vulnerable and they'll be crying on their Instagram. Like myself, I do that. Um, you know, we're showing mm-hmm. things that are against the trends. You know, I, for one, I, I don't do this all the time, but I will go on there and I point out that I have wrinkles in my forehead. Every girl in America doesn't have wrinkles in her forehead anymore. We're like, you were 40. You were supposed to have wrinkles in your forehead, ladies. Sorry. It's supposed but you were supposed to, to have wrinkles. It's okay. It's a natural part of life. We're okay. Oh and there's just so many, you know, which is fine. If you do Botox and all the things, do it. Mm. But I want people to remember what real is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Absolutely. It's so funny. You're talking about wrinkles and yeah, I've got wrinkles, you know, I'm 45. I think I'm 45. <laughs> I might be 46. I don't know. I, I forget how old I am. That's really sad, <laughs> isn't it? I think I'm 45, yeah. dude. I think I'm 45. So it's funny because my son, he's 10 and I'll sit down on the couch and I wear a hat a lot, right? And, you know, he comes up over me and he goes, oh my God, dad, you're balding. I'm like, whatever, man, Whatever. Cause I don't think I am that joker took a picture of the top of my head, took my phone. I'm like, Oh boy, I'm getting old, man. This is like real. This is real. <laughs> um, I want to, I want to back up to something cause I thought it was powerful. We talked, we've talked about limiting beliefs a little bit. It's come up like some words, but like, where did your limit? What, what is your limiting belief and where did it come from? And maybe from who? Um, a lot came from my childhood. I mean, mm-hmm. most of it, so between the ages of like zero and seven, zero and eight, that's when our subconscious is wide open because we haven't formed our conscious mind yet. So a lot of things, that's when they say children soak up things like a sponge, it is literally mm-hmm. like that because they have no other choice and we don't have the reasoning mind yet. Um, so we're picking up on stories. We're seeing things on television, out in the public, what our parents are telling us, how we are watching our parents interact with each other. Like, what does love mean between your parents? If your parents are mm-hmm. arguing all the time, but then they stay together for 30 years. It's like, oh, love must mean arguing. Love must mean this. I'm, And then you're like attracting very similar behaviors as well. I read this book. Um, it's called Getting the Relationship You Want. Um, it's a therapy book. Um, but they mm-hmm. teach about the Imago therapy. And it is basically – Helping you to identify with your partner, um, like feeling, feeling more safe and heard and seen with your partner. But Mm -hmm. basically what the book was saying is that we have like a blueprint in this energetically and in our subconscious because of, again, everything that we saw and whatnot and consumed, we basically have this like blueprint that we are, we attract our parents Oftentimes, nine out of ten, nine mm-hmm. out of ten, we are attracting that. And let's say you're like, "I God, I hope I'm never. I'm. I hope. I hope to God I'm not like my dad. I hope to God I'm never like my mom." <laughs> you're probably going to attract a partner who's just like your mom or just like your dad because you yeah. haven't done yeah. the reprogramming and affirmation, whatever it is. Like, you actually haven't rewired that energetic component in you to yeah. attract different. So, and a lot of that goes to actually reparenting yourself and doing a lot of inner child work. 
and then you can start. The inner child work is that's interesting because like I can sit here and I can tell you the thoughts mm -hmm. or what I heard from, you know, five to yeah, eight. Same. What are some of the things that you heard, you know, in your own mind from five to eight that made up those limiting beliefs? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it was probably more so like, I mean, what stands out and maybe it's just cause I've brought more awareness of this, but like money mindset stuff, you know, like money doesn't grow on trees, mm -hmm. like, or, yep. yep. you know, when you're watching a show and, or you see someone in public, that's like really, really wealthy, like very wealthy. Mm -hmm. And maybe a parent said something about it, like, oh, they're just showing off. You know, they just say something very critical or judgmental. And then so your subconscious mind as a five-year-old takes that, oh, rich people are flaunting their stuff. Like, oh, they're mm. just showing off their money or what, you know? And it's like, that's not true. There's a lot of very wealthy people that look like they just rolled out of bed and, but you would, and you would never know they had a lot of money. You would never know. You would literally never know. Never know. Never know. It's, it's so funny <laughs> because- you know, like for me, for me, it was not good enough. Right. Right. It was the, well, yeah, you know, if one, you yes. don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was just rang constantly. Yeah. Right. And I still hear that when it comes time to perform, I have to put myself in a completely different mm -hmm. space. Right. And even when I started this show, it's like, who are you? Yeah. Doing? Like, who are you? Right. Who are you to do this? And, and there's, there was a lot of, you know, people that I asked to be on my show, bigger influencers that, that came at me for that. Right. And they said they would eat me alive on my show and that I wasn't, I wasn't anything. And here we are, you know, a couple of years later and no marketing, no strategy, but top two and a half percent. Amazing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's tenacity, yeah. right? It's, it's the grind. It's the work. It's the amazing guests like yourself and the, the open and free conversations is what makes this yeah. show. So I always have to dive into when I'm feeling poor like that or feeling in that broke, broke mindset of I'm not good enough. I'll go back and listen to my shows yeah. now and, and close my eyes, lay down and put myself in a place where I don't know who I am. I don't know where mm. I'm at. And there have been multiple times where I've got done with one of my shows. I'm like, wow, that dude was smart. Yeah. And I, it was yeah. me. I, I completely detached myself from the interview. Right. Oh. So, but you know, for the, for, how do you work people through those limiting beliefs, especially the inner child? I mean, that, that is tough. It is tough. tough. It is tough. Um, yeah. Before I answer that, I will say, so I, I want to say that that's more of like, almost like this, like secret limit, the sneaky limiting belief that I am not enough. Right. Because, yeah. yeah. And, and I want to say that it is, mm, again, nine times out of 10, that is the limiting belief that everybody has about them. Um, and that's why it is showing up. Oh, I, you know, I'm falling off the wagon with my health. I'm, you know, I can't seem to like have a relationship, like, but like whatever the case may be. And it's like, when we get down and we like, you know, just unwind and like peel back the layers, it always comes to, well, I didn't feel enough, you know, or I was all, you know, I was always competing mm -hmm. for something, you know, a, competing for my parents' approval growing up or, you know, whether it was that they were the single child. And so they were like singled out and their parents, you know, laid into them. Like you need to make a, you know, straight A's and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, they were always trying to prove themselves because they, otherwise they felt not enough. Or on the flip side, maybe they were competing for sibling, like sibling rivalry, that kind of thing as well. There's a lot of that. Um, 
you know, for me, something that was discovered a year ago working with a coach, we kind of started peeling back my onion layers and I do have a sister. And so the coach was asking me, she was like, were you competing for your sister's attention, you know, with your sister for attention from your parents? And I was like, no, I don't ever feel, I never felt that way at all. But what came down to it, I was like, you know, I was, I, you know, I did sports. I was on the cheerleading team. I did homecoming. I was prom queen. Like I was in acting, like I did things. And, um, and she was like, okay, let's lean into that more. She was like, what happened, you know, when you're, and I said, well, I was seen. I was seen. Mm. People knew who I was because I was this, this, and this. And so, like I said, these last few years since the show, I felt just as of recently, probably more and more like myself, whereas the last three years I have felt so just wishy-washy and all over the place. And I want to say that it's because I, that, that storyline of I'm not enough kept popping up. Like, you know, you have Mm. the world like hating on you and you're like, but you don't even know the real me. Like I'm like, I need to be seen. Oh, well maybe if I do this, then they'll see me. Maybe if I say this, then they'll know who I am. And so it was very like everything that I was doing was running on conditions versus Mm -hmm. you're born worthy and you are enough because you're enough, not you have to do something to be enough or you have to be seen to be enough and be more valued in people's eyes. So I feel like just having that, my own testimony of that, I can really speak to and help other people identify what they're not enough miss, like what story mm-hmm. came from that. Yeah, I, I, I get that because I can seek outside approval, mm-hmm. right? It's it's about being seen. But for me, it's, for, it's men mm-hmm. because I felt like, because my biological father left when I was mm-hmm. two, right? Then my mom remarried and it lasted for like a hot minute. And then she remarried again to, um, you know, my stepdad, who was a part of my life from the time I was eight, seven and a half, eight, all the way through. We don't speak now. That's by choice, you know, but I always felt like I wasn't enough because I was always disappointing men. So when men challenge me, I just, it's really strange, right? Because I mean, I'm pretty confident, but at the same time, like disappointing a male figure terrifies me. It's so strange, you know, and that's my opportunity for Mm -hmm. growth. And I'm starting to, I've the last year or two, I've really started to dive into it really hardcore, getting to the bottom of it and trying not to give a shit, to be quite honest. Like, because if I, I'm going to disappoint people. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not perfect. And I think that for me, not feeling enough and feeling like I had to chase that perfection was just an open in open in loop that would keep playing and just disappointment and disappointment and disappointment to a point where like, if I'm even in that mindset, how can I ever, ever be proud of myself? Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know what now go back to, so you're talking about like the whole world hating on you. What's the worst thing that you saw? Like, what is the worst thing that anybody ever said to you that just, that just broke you? Um, I think it wasn't necessarily that what, well, I mean, yes, it was bad what they were saying, but I think it was just the quantity, the volume of receiving. Mm-hmm. Like if it was just one message, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But like, cause I'm like, I don't know these people. They don't know me. But yeah. it was like 
it, it hit my you're not enough button. Let's put it that way. Because mm-hmm. they would say things. Yeah. You know, I mean, I did get like some people like, you know, you, you're going to like, you should die, bitch. You're going to die alone. Like, oh my yeah, God. Like you're, you're going to die alone. Like, he's so much better off without you. Like, you know, you. You played him and then blah, blah, blah. Like you, you just played him. You just wanted to get clout for TV, blah, blah, blah. But I think it was, you know, more of the, like, he's better off without you. And I'm like, like, F you. Like, you don't even know me. Yeah. And, you know, we weren't meant to be. That's the bottom Mm -hmm. line. You know, like we, we actually did have a relationship and it was Mm -hmm. cut short and not by, TV and production by human choices. And, you know, so that I think was the biggest thing, just receiving those. And I still get it. Like every time a new season comes out, I'll get like one message because people go back and watch the show or it's new people watching the show and they'll start from season one and I'll get those random messages and they're like, oh, he's better. Girl, he's already moved on with his life. Like you should too. And blah, blah, blah. Like, all right, guys, I, I have. Like, dude, that was like five yeah, years ago. I'm like, like, I, I have, like, and I'm happy for him, and I'm like, love her to death. <laughs> like, she's like the sweetest. His wife is so nice. Um, you know, I'm just like, mm-hmm. but yeah, that I think just receiving so many messages, like he's better off without you. Like, oh, oh, yeah. like he dodged a bullet with you, and I'm like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah. You know, here, here's my, here's another question. Like I'm, I'm like listening to this, like it's one thing to get these messages, right? But it, did it impact the way you operated in public? Yeah. Because oh. you don't know if people recognize oh, sure. you. Yeah. I still, not as much, but I do. I mean, yeah. I mean, granted COVID happened when our show aired. So we weren't mm-hmm. out in public too much for that first year, but, no. um, or for that first six months, let's put it that way. After that. Yeah. Like, I mean, and even still to this day, like I, it did create social anxiety for me um, mm-hmm. because, yeah, I'm like people are looking at me and or and and this sounds egotistical, but I'm like, are people looking at me? Like, do like do they know me? Like, do mm-hmm. there are there people that mm-hmm. recognize me? And when I would catch someone looking at me, I'm like, okay, are they looking at me because they just saw me on TV? Or are they looking at me because they think I'm cute? Or are they looking at me because I'm wearing some mm-hmm. them, something weird? Like. So it was a, it was actually a lot of social anxiety. And again, too, yeah. it, now, like when I go places, I'm kind of scanning the room. Like, and it's, it, yeah. it feels almost anxiety, but also ego. Like, oh, who recognizes me? I love being recognized. I'm like, give me attention. Of <laughs> no, of course. I mean, like when I go out in public and, you know, I'm not, I've never been on a, you know, reality TV show, but I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people and I am out there on the internet and, you know, people, people do come up to me and they go, Hey, you're the, you're the guy. You're the guy. I'm like, I'm not, I, huh? Like love your content. I'm like, thanks. I appreciate that. But I mean, in your case, I can, I can absolutely see going into a public place, especially like at a nightclub or something. My daughter's waving at me. Hi baby. Good to see you. Good to see you. She's got face paint. Like she's Rudolph oh, right now. It's so the cutest cute. thing ever. It's cu- she's talking now. Do you want to come say hi? Okay, come That's on. Nice. My little one's gonna make a podcast All appearance. Right. Okay, you gotta say hi. Say hi to Kelly. Hi. You look so cute. Say thank you. All right, go with mom. Okay, give me a kiss. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. So, but no, because like looking around, like when you're going into public, right? It's like, and 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 the way people came at yeah. you, like to me, like it would be terrifying. I can completely understand how you would get social. Yeah, anxiety. yeah. I didn't think we, I, I didn't know? think my life was in danger or anything like that. I just you know, so I didn't have. So, well, I good. never had the social anxiety like I thought my life was threatened. It was just like yeah weird because I'm like people do recognize me and and yeah. you know it's funny like even in my career now I'm out meeting people and I've mm-hmm. had multiple people and even in the last week they're like you look really familiar and I I had to say it yesterday I was like did you watch a show called Love is Blind they're like they're like yeah and I'm like I'm I'm the Kelly from, and they're like oh my yeah. god they're like that's that's exactly how I know you <laughs> so Goodness gracious. Yeah, I'm that girl. That's me. That's me. That's I'm like, me. I remember faces so well. So I'm like, I know I've never met these people. I know that that's where it's from. Yeah. 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 No, I'm a pretty good face person yeah. too. You know, I can, my facial recognition, I'm like, yeah, I know who that person is. If I see somebody once, I'll remember yeah. that face, yeah. right? Like it never goes away. I might forget a name or two, but exactly. I'll never forget a face. But um, but look, we're winding down. We need to land the plane here. I just want to thank you yeah. so much for coming onto the show. And I, I think that, well, I know what my listeners got is, you know, peek behind the curtain to Kelly Chase and the things that you dealt with, you know, before the show and then even after um, Love is Blind aired. But what would you say to somebody right now that is going through to, just to land the plane here, what's the one piece of advice you would give somebody that is going through something similar that just feels that no matter where they turn, doors are being shut in their face and that I'm not good enough or you can't do it program keeps popping up on their yeah. feed? Yeah. Um, tune into yourself as much as you can. Create that, you know, even if it's moving your body for three minutes just do really like self-care, like even write out so that you have radical awareness of this. Like, what did you like to do when you were a child? Did you like to draw? Did you like to paint, play hopscotch, whatever it is, go to target, get some chalk and go play hopscotch. Like literally go do the things that you did when you were younger, dance in your living room, make a fort with your pillow and your couch. Like go do the things that you did when you were a child, because when you were a child, you didn't have too much going on. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you're consuming a lot of the stuff and that's where all the stories are coming from. But if you can get like connect back to your childlike self and your play playfulness and really start to just take care of yourself, go get a massage, like go sit in nature, go for a walk in nature, really disconnect from your phone as much as possible um, and really create like a little self-care routine for, for yourself. And it could be 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be like three hours, <laughs> but you know, the longer that, the more that you are with yourself, the less you will consume and be feeling inferior or like an imposter or just have any fears altogether. And that anxiety really is going to decrease once you start tuning into yourself. Mm. Cause you're really like when you're doing so much for you, you're really crowding out the things that just don't matter. Dude, I love it. I can just see building forts. Yeah, like build this is fort. that's like what I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, I gotta build a fort, man. I gotta build a fort. But uh listen, thank you so much, Kelly. I, I'm I'm really jacked up to have this uh connection with you and this conversation. Thank just thank you for taking time out of your night and uh pouring into my audience. We appreciate thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys too. All right, guys. Until next time, stay determined and go chase your dreams, y'all. Peace out. 
Southwest Florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live. For those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to Florida, or even just moving to a different part of the state, I want you to think of a big, beautiful luxury home. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. They are a family owned and operated luxury residential construction company. As a family-owned business, they believe in the power of building not just homes, but legacies. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. The nightmare of feeling like you'll never measure up, of constant second-guessing and self-doubt. It eats away at you and destroys your confidence. I've been there too, feeling like I didn't belong on the field with my teammates, but it doesn't have to stay that way. I used to compare myself to everyone around me. I thought that no matter how hard I worked, I'd never be as good as the other guys. It killed my self-belief. I now help athletes develop an elite mindset so comparison no longer controls them. We teach techniques to cut out the negative self-talk and unlock your full potential. Imagine stepping into the box when it counts the most and feeling totally confident in your ability feeling invincible instead of insecure, ready to seize the opportunity instead of shrinking from it. That's the mindset I help athletes develop. Don't waste another minute on comparison and self-doubt. Take control of your mindset and become the confident, unstoppable competitor you are meant to be. DM or comment below to get started with Edge and transform your mental game.